Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets that are important to you. I want to start the show this week by memorializing Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins, who passed away Friday at the age of 50. Hawkins played drums with various bands and performers before joining the Foo Fighters in 1997 and playing drums on all but their first two studio albums. Taylor Hawkins was a member of the Foo Fighters for 25 years, half his life. It's a sad loss, obviously, for Taylor Hawkins' family, all the Foo Fighters fans, and of course his bandmates, and all the people who knew him and loved him. Taylor Hawkins, gone too soon. Rest in peace. You're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. If you're new to the program, welcome, new friend. It's nice to have you with us. I hope you love what you hear. I've been putting out at least one new episode of this podcast once a week since January 1st, 2018. I do my best to make things fun and interesting. I love to speak with creative people. Sometimes we don't have a guest, and it's just me talking with you. I love music. I'm a senior writer for the music blog Surviving the Golden Age. I also love literature. I'm a self-published novelist with nine books, all available currently worldwide in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. There are no ads on People Are the Enemy, and there is no Patreon. If you love the show and want to support it and myself monetarily and get yourself or the reader in your life a great story, please consider purchasing one or two of my books. As I mentioned, all nine of my novels are available at Amazon. If you don't use Amazon, you can find all my stories in ebook format at Google Play. Just type my last name, M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you find me on Google Play. If you prefer paperbacks but you don't use Amazon, you can find most of my books in paperback format at barnesandnoble.com. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way... Here's the quirky theme song. Listeners, this is episode 221 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Thank you for spending time with me. You're in the right place. You found it. This is a great show. I don't know why everybody's not listening. I can't imagine. I try to make a show that I would love to listen to every week. You know what I mean? That's my goal. I feel like, yeah, I like I like the monologists. I like the guys who, who can just uh, talk off the cuff. And uh, to be honest with you, I haven't always been good at it. I don't know if I'm good at it now, but I do try. Regardless, I also like to speak to, to creative people, as I mentioned in that monologue, but we don't have anybody this week. Thought I'd had somebody lined up, didn't hear from this person, found out they had the COVID. Oh, yeah. And uh, hopefully they're getting better. I don't want to mention any names because obviously, you know, health matters are personal. 
But yeah, they, they, they turned out that this person I, I'd reached out to, they said they were interested in doing the show. I thought, great, this could be a very interesting program uh, because this person has a very interesting backstory and is doing some very interesting things right now. But uh, but I, I, my invitation went unreturned. Like I, basically, they said, "Yeah, I'd love to do the show." I sent the, I sent them an invite. Notice I keep saying them. I'm not uh, putting any gender gender um, labels on this person because I do want to keep their privacy. Um, and uh, they said they would like to do this show, so I sent them an an email with all the details, saying, "Here's what I want to do. This is what we we're going to do. This is when we're going to do it, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And I didn't hear from them, and uh, I didn't see them on social media for a matter of days. Then all of a sudden, there was there they were, and they were telling they sounded terrible, and they said uh, they they'd been sick. And uh, my goodness, I hope I hope uh, I hope this person gets better because I would like to talk to them in the future. Hopefully, that's something we can do. But again, I'm not mentioning any names because I don't want to get anybody anybody's hopes up, and I don't want to promise anything I can't deliver. I'm I'm that kind of person. Uh, needless to say, it's just me and you guys today. So I hope I hope you guys are doing well, and I hope you don't mind. Um, shoot, man, uh, I got some I got some food stuff, and I got some I got some music stuff. What do you want? I, I you know, I started with the negative or oh, the bad news regarding the uh, Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. So maybe I should talk about food for a little bit, get something a little bit lighter, so to speak, and and I'll get, literally get lighter because. Uh, I, I I wanted to complain about this new yogurt I'm eating. My doctor, I I was eating too good, okay. Like it's called a it's a it's a brand of yogurt. I'm I don't mean T O O good. I wasn't like eating too good. I was eating this yogurt called Too Good. It was T W O good yogurt. You've probably seen it in the store. The idea is it has I think just like two grams of sugar, so it's considered healthier for you. And. Uh, and uh, uh, my wife, I, we ran out of Too Good, and I found some Chobani in our fridge, and I tried that. And compared to the Too Good, the Chobani was like, oh my god, this is like a dessert. <laughs> it was wonderful, you know? And uh, I, I'd, I'd had that for a, a, about a week, and then I went to a doctor's appointment, and I he said, go over your diet, I want to know exactly what you're eating. And I told him, he said, look, he said, you got to stop it with the Chobani. He said, Too Good is all right, but what you need to eat is Siggy's. And I was like, what? Siggy's? I've never even heard of it. He said, Siggy's, it's Icelandic. You'll see it in the store. He said, you, you, this is the way to go. Siggy's, it's, it's high in protein, low in sugar. It's, it's the, if you're going to eat yogurt, eat Siggy's. So I got some Siggy's. And I'm telling you, man, Siggy's, I'd rather have nothing than Siggy's. Like, honestly, it's like, I, I've been eating like one Siggy's every other day as like a snack. And, and I'm telling you, like, it comes to the point where it's like, I kind of would just rather not eat, and maybe that's what my doctor's ambition was—that I, I would dislike this yogurt so much that I, <laughs> I would just forego it altogether. I wouldn't doubt it. He's crafty, you know. He's an intelligent man. Maybe he's thinking like, I know if I tell my uh, patients to eat this awful yogurt, they, they won't eat any <laughs> or very little of it. But yeah, man, Siggy's like, and and pardon me if you if you enjoy this yogurt, God bless you. If you can if you can choke this down. Good for you. I can't. It's first of all, it's like the consistency and like, oh my god. First of all, it, I should start on the outside. Okay, the thing looks. It's got that kind of like, uh, beautiful. And I, I kind of want to call it. I want to say Art Deco, but I, 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 I don't mean Art Deco. I guess I, artisanal. It's got that kind of natural kind of label on it. It's all. It's all white with, and it almost looks like the font is almost looks like it could be hand printed. So it feels like very, um, homemade. 
Of course it isn't. And it's got like a, a, a paper label on it that you can take off and you can read the whole story of Siggy's. And of course, I love to read. So I needed to read <laughs> I needed to read all about Siggy's. And of course, it tells a story about this Icelandic man who came to America and tried the American yogurts and did not like, <laughs> did not like them at all. He thought that, like, the consistency was bad, like, the you know, the, the texture he did not approve of, and the taste, of course, probably because they were delicious, <laughs> I'm guessing, and he was used to garbage, I don't know, like, all right, so I, I, I'm being critical here, but honestly, it, this stuff, it's like, first of all, the consistency, it's like, it's like clay, <laughs> like, like, you can literally, like, take your spoon and, like, shape it into something, like, it's like that thick, right, and I guess that's, like what Icelandic yogurt is like, I guess. All right, but here's the here's the kicker right here. Okay, I could get over the texture, okay, and the consistency, the thickness. All right, where it doesn't like dribble off your spoon, literally sticks to your spoon, right? That I can get beyond, man. I am not one of those people that has a problem with different textures of food. That's not me at all. That I, I don't I don't care if it tastes great. I don't care. Okay, here's the problem. It's the most like bitter thing you've ever. <laughs> ever like you've ever eaten it's like literally like oh my god it's like eating a lemon you know what i mean like a like a lemon without anything like, like just like biting into a leg like that is that that's not bitter i'm sorry that's like sour right it's just like that's what it tastes like oh my god it's so like like they have like flavors on them and say oh this is raspberry oh this is this is strawberry, but it's like, you might as well just not be anything. You can barely taste any kind of fruit in there. It's just super, 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 like, like sour. It's just so bad. And again, it's like this thing where it's like, oh, it's, it's 1230. It's in between, because that's, you know, my time, that's in between breakfast and lunch, because I eat, I have a, a very early day, right? I get everything done in the morning. I, I take, I go to the gym, okay, from, from 6 to 7. I walk my dog from 7 to 8. I have breakfast at 8 a.m. You know, I'm slapping my hand while I'm doing this. I'm a very regimented person, ladies and gentlemen, and, and I, I, like to, I like to keep a schedule. It makes me happy. It works for me. Okay, so I'm eating breakfast at 8 o'clock, and then, and then I don't eat lunch until 2.30 in the afternoon because uh, I start a regular full-time job. It, you know, as I'd mentioned, if you don't know, I, as I'd mentioned, I, 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 I do write books. I do... I do write, I'm a senior writer for Surviving the Golden Age, the music blog, so I do reviews for them, I do interviews for them, I do concert reviews for them, I do all sorts of things. But in addition to these things, I do this podcast, and I have a regular full-time job, and I have a family, I'm a busy person, okay? But my point was going to be that, yes, I get everything done in the morning before I start my regular full-time job, which starts at 11 a.m., and because it starts at 11 a.m., I don't take lunch until 2.30, so come like 12, 1230, I'm hungry because it's been four hours since I'd last eaten, which is, again, my breakfast at 8 a.m. So I'll say to myself, oh, it's nice. I can have a treat. I'll have I'll have a yogurt. But at this point, it's like, why? I just like, it's, it's almost like gagging it down. It's like that, it's like that, that unappealing. I was going to say, I can't say gross. It's, you know, it's food, you know, it's, it's edible. It's just not good, you know? It's just like, I don't know, man. I just, I can't. So I just wanted to complain about Siggy's. <laughs> so, so, and you, maybe you had it, maybe you like it. Uh, God bless you. If you can get, if you can get around that, that's that, that sour, sour taste. Good for you. I don't know. Maybe if I grew up in Iceland, 
Would it be different? Maybe, maybe Bjork would love Siggy's. Maybe she's a big Siggy. Maybe Siggyoras. Like Siggy's, right? I'm thinking, who else is Iceland? Hmm. Uh, Moom? Maybe Moom? Remember Moom? <laughs> Did they still play big music? Moom? What a great band. I, I love those albums. Way back in the day. Like, I say way back in the day. It was probably like, uh, you know, like the mid-90s Moom was around. If you don't know Moom, if you know Bell and Sebastian, right? You ever see uh, Fold Your Hands, Child, You Walk Like a Peasant, or whatever that, <laughs> that one was called, the, the yellow one with the twin girls. Those girls were in Moom, which was this uh, electronica, uh, I don't know how to put it more, like organically electronic of band, if that makes any sense. Um, but what, what a great, great group they were. I really enjoyed Moom and like the, the albums that they made. Used to listen to a lot of that stuff. Maybe Moom likes uh, Siggy's. May Hell, maybe Moom are, are maybe one of the people in Moom is now making Siggy's. I don't know. <laughs> All right, should we move into music? Uh, Moom music. <laughs> we'll move into. We'll move back into music temporarily, okay? Because I, I want to talk about this show. I watched. I like first of all, like I didn't know if I wanted to watch this. I thought oh, this is going to be such garbage. But uh, I saw enough people praising it, uh, trepid, you know, passively, I should say, passively praising this show. And I saw enough clips from it where I said, I got to check this thing out. And I'm, you know what I'm talking about? It's Pam and Tommy, the show on Hulu. What is it about? Well, if you, if you were around in the 90s and I said Pam and Tommy, you know exactly what I was talking about. Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee and uh, the sex tape, okay? Uh, what, so, if, for those who don't know, in, in the 1990s, um, a safe was stolen from the home of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Inside the safe was a private video that they'd made of their, their lovemaking. And, and what happened was this, this, this person who wanted revenge on Tommy Lee, and uh, specifically, got a hold of it and... And uh, began um, manufacturing it in, in video cassette form, and selling it on the interwebs, the 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 World Wide Web, which at that time was brand new, you know. And uh, in which case, it was kind of a loophole in the Wild West, and where you could you could sell things and get around them. It's sort of in the way that Silk Road is now, or was, I should say. Silk Road got taken down, but you know, there's once there's a hole in the fence, there's always a hole in the fence. So there's you know the the dark web and all that jazz. So this was this was pre dark web. This was the internet was brand new. People found this tape and word got out that that it was available. And uh, Pam and Tommy had to to do their tried their best to try to try to try to get a hold of it, but it spread like wildfire. Obviously, because these were two people who were very very popular at the time in the 90s and Pamela Anderson was on like one of the biggest shows in the world which is Baywatch or was Baywatch and uh Tommy Lee of course a drummer from Motley Crue and uh, uh so people were people were curious and they they wanted to see what their private life was like and of course they're beautiful people and people like to look at beautiful people and and there they were yeah but anyway so they put together this this eight part how do you make eight parts of this I was telling a friend like this, I was like, back in the day, I was telling my friend about this, I said, you know, back in the day before these streaming channels, this probably would have just been like a 90 minute or maybe two and a half hour biopic, you know, uh, back in the day when they'd like, you know, like, um, 
Ah, uh, shoot, man. I want to say Yorgos Lanthimos, but that's not his name. I'm thinking of that that the, this, the Polish director who who did things like uh, The People versus Larry Flint, and you're probably screaming at your 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 phone right now, telling me the name of this guy. Um, but I can't. It's not coming to me. Milos Forman. Thank you, Milos Forman. Thank you. I said thank you myself. Thank you, Andy. You're welcome, Andy. Yeah. Milos Forman would make things like uh, The People versus Larry Flint or, uh, or um, remember the Andy Kaufman documentary, The Man in the Moon, you know, and it was great. You know, you'd see like these, the lives of these people from the past, you know, and, uh, and you get these great biopics where these, uh, these wonderful actors were portraying these, these celebrities who had these moments in popular culture, as did Larry Flint and as did uh, Andy Kaufman, two examples as such. And I'm sure that, again, without the streaming services, you might get a Pam and Tommy, you know, film if it was if it was back in the day. But here we are, it's 2022, and that's not how they, not how they do things. They want to keep viewers watching, and they want to milk it for all it's worth, so they get talented people to portray these people in an eight-part series, and that's exactly what Pam and Tommy is. And, it's, and I'll tell you something, if you live through the 90s, and you love music, okay, and you love popular culture you're going to find something to appreciate in it, okay? And I'm not saying that it's for everybody. I'm sure it's not. But, uh, but again, and I didn't even know if it was for me, but I found myself, like, watching it. I watched the entire thing in a weekend, you know? I'd watch, you know, an episode here, maybe about a week. Maybe it took me about a week, all told. You know, maybe I started on, like, a Thursday or Friday, and I finished it on a Sunday. So maybe I watched, like, two episodes a day. But I really enjoyed it. And as a, as a guy growing up in the 90s, I say a guy, you know... You know, in the, in the 90s, I was still in high school at the beginning of the 90s, and then the mid-90s, you know, I was, I, was in, I was out of school and working, and I could completely appreciate it and completely identify. And the one thing that this, this eight-part series called Pam and Tommy does is it does a great job of showing the shift, in the, the cultural shift from, like, glam metal to, like, grunge and, uh, you know, and, and uh, alternative, quote-unquote, alternative rock, you know, and how that, you know, affects the people who were making this stuff, which is really interesting to see because, you know, at the time you started to see Nirvana eclipse you know, you know, become super popular, and then these glam metal bands seemed like dinosaurs, <laughs> comparatively, and people were tuned, uh, turned on to, like, to to Nirvana and then through to, through Nirvana bands like Screaming Trees and uh, and Sonic Youth, you know, and uh, and uh, of course other alternative quote again quote unquote alternative bands. And you, but the one thing that you didn't see because again the 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 interwebs were brand new and there was no social media is you didn't see how it had affected like these ladies and gentlemen who were living and their lives uh, in other careers in other forms of music you know that that were were quickly becoming you know passé and and that's exactly what this film portrays like or these these shows portray uh in in different moments uh, multiple times and those times are e exquisitely interesting and like it's just like so it's like delicious like no 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 I just want to eat it up. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like watching Tommy Lee get angry hearing Sleater Kinney in a bar is just like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> just like love it. You know, like my, my hands are shaking right now just watching it. It was wonderful. He's like, what is this? Yes. You know, he's like, what is this playing? And the girl behind the bar is like, oh, this is Sleater Kinney. And I'm like, and he can't wrap his head around it. You know, like, you know, it's so great. You know, and it makes you feel, like, so good. Like, it's like, oh, man. Like, you figure, because you, again, it's confirmation that, like, you figured this was sort of thing was happening. But 
and and of course, I'm sure these incidents are a lot of them are fictionalized, and a lot of them are are you know are are um, embellished for the the sake of the show. But uh, there's a lot of truth behind these too. And in, like, and if you read like shoot, um, nothing but a good time that that uh, oral history of the glam rock scene like and what this book did was it had like basically everybody who was involved in glam rock um or glam metal as it as it was called in the late 80s through to like the coming of nirvana um giving like testimonials one right after the other and you hear them complain about about these uh, grunge grunge rock coming into vogue and their music becoming passe, you know what I mean? And their whole style and the whole thing becoming passe. And it's, so you know it exists. And then when you see it acted out, it's wonderful. And I'll tell you something else. This is, this is, I don't know if you feel this way, but like Seth Rogen stars in this and he, he essentially plays, uh, he plays the, the this carpenter named um, Rand Gautier, who is the one who ends up and this is no spoilers because this is this happens at the very beginning of this thing but he ends up being the one who steals this safe and finds this tape and then helps make this tape widely available via means again through the internet and through individuals now again I'm not giving anything away um but I'm going to tell you something like I love I love Seth Rogen like I love to watch Seth Rogen I think he's good I, 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 I gotta say, like, it, it, it's to the point where it's like, if he's in something, I'll probably watch it at some point. You know what I mean? And I think about, like, I don't know if you ever saw this Observe and Report, where he played, he played a, uh, like a mall cop, essentially. But it was so dark. Oh my god. And he was so great in it. And, um... And he's wonderful in it. You see it, and he's the, in the, in the, in the entire film, and he's kind of kind of doesn't understand like has has his his opinion of the job is above and beyond what it actually should be. He takes things way too seriously, and but he's got a great heart, and you're you kind of root for him, and but it's also a very dark film, and I just uh, I loved that movie, and I remember seeing it, and it wasn't like it was this hugely popular film observe and report but uh i remember i remember watching it and thinking to myself i wish i had written this like there's not too many things that like i think that like i wish i'd created this but honestly um that story was so unique and well told and of course it had a lot to do obviously with the performers in it and seth rogan as i said is, is the star of this thing uh this movie called uh, observe and report and he's wonderful in it but uh, i just thought to myself this is this is just a, a fantastically unique story and it's so dark and so funny at the same time and so different and unlike anything else i know you're thinking mall, mall cop you're thinking like paul blart that kevin james thing this is not that it's this is completely different but it's just wonderful just wonderful anyway um yeah pam and tommy so yeah i do I did I like it? Yeah. Would I watch it again? No. I I I saw it. It's it's I I got it. I understood it. But it, needless to say, it was enjoyable, and you do have a lot of empathy for people that you wouldn't necessarily think you'd had empathy for in the situation. And you, you probably know what I'm getting at. But again, no spoilers. But uh, interesting, interesting, uh, interesting time in 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 popular culture. That uh, that whole that whole time of the internet coming into vogue. 
these beautiful, uh, super, super successful, super famous people getting together and this incident happening. And uh, now we're able to kind of look back in retrospect and see and see it. And it's, it's fascinating. Fascinating. The only other thing I wanted to talk about today was bagels. I <laughs> like what? What the hell kind of show is this? <laughs> the kid's talking about yogurt. The kid, like I'm a young man. The guy's talking about yogurt. He's complaining about. I don't know what I'm listening to here. He complained about Icelandic yogurt for 15 minutes. Then he talked about Pam and Tommy Lee, and now he's talking about bagels. What the hell is this? What have I gotten myself into? No, I. This is this is the thing. Like like I love a bagel. Like ever since I was a little kid, I love bagels. But as soon as I got like a diner bagel that was like grilled on the you know on the grill, oh my god, I lost my mind. It just like the bagel the 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 bagel enjoyment went through the roof, man. Because you ever have like a, a bagel just grilled, man? You ever just like grill a bagel like on a frying pan? You put a little bit, maybe a little bit of butter on it. You know, obviously slice it open, put a little bit of butter on it, put it face down. Nothing better, man. I'll tell you what, I had a bagel this weekend at a diner, and it was grilled. I like I wanted to take a picture of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I looked at it, it was just like that perfect, like golden brown man. And then it had that thing where it was like on the other side of the bagel, you know, the outside of the bagel was like soft and a little slick just a little slick probably from the uh probably from the spatula the 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 person working the grill you know what i mean just pressing it down oh man nothing better and you bite into like a grilled bagel it's got that crispiness on the outside and the softness on the inside man oh man i want a grilled bagel right now oh i love him i love him i love him ah i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why maybe you want to talk about that i guess it was just an enjoyable experience i said uh I should talk about grilled bagels on the show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But that was, uh, that was, uh, that's, uh, one of the pleasures in life. Yeah, a grilled bagel is nice. I like cream cheese, too. I'm a cream cheese guy. You know, some people, some people don't dig it. I know my dad doesn't dig it. He's like, hey, you like cream cheese. You like your mother. <laughs> I want to say, like, yeah, you know, I'm not like, it's not weird, dad. <laughs> you know? My dad grew up in, like, a, with a British mother, like, like, straight off the boat. So, yeah, everything was like, you know, no seasoning, nothing, nothing quote-unquote weird, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, like, exotic to them was, like, 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 Chinese food, like, Chinese food! <laughs> you know what I mean? Just bland food. <laughs> that's what he grew up on, and that's what he's used to. That's so, you know, like, cream cheese seems exotic to him, you know? You know, my mother was, uh, of Italian, just, in, in Jewish extraction, so, yeah, so, of course... I grew up with bagels and great tomato sauce. You know what I mean? Folks, that's about all I got for you. I'm going to hand it over now to our friend Rachel. And uh, here it is. This is uh, this is uh, Rachel from Des Moines with the Chart Chat. Take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat. Thanks to everyone who listened last week, especially Jill, a.k.a. Omaha Snakes. Uh, there was an interesting parallel with the Double Threat episode that came out the same Monday. They also discussed answer songs, and they covered Danny Aiello's Papa Wants the Best for You, which is an answer song to Madonna's Papa Don't Preach because he played her father in the video. Thankfully, unlike the Roxanne Wars, that didn't spin off into multiple songs with aunts and uncles getting their opinions in. Thanks to Andy for sharing with me that Eminem's mom, his actual mom, had her own answer song. Now on to the charts from this week. For the 70s, we're covering March 20th of 1976. And I know I say this every week, but this chart has so many different styles. 
I'm talking about pop, R&B, rock, crooners, funk, soul, country, disco, folk, gospel, glam rock, adult contemporary, progressive. There's a Tin Pan Alley cover, a bunch of 60s covers, some novelty songs, including one based on a traditional Sicilian song. There's Scottish folk music, a Scottish boy band, and even Terry Bradshaw gets on the charts with a Hank Williams cover. Uh, the picks for this week, I selected uh, Double Trouble by Leonard Skinnerd. And I'm not a huge Skinner fan, but this song is just another kind of that, you know, swampy, funky kind of music like uh, that Jerry Reed song from a few weeks ago. It's at number 90 this week and we'll make it to number 80. Up next is Once a Fool by the singer Kiki D. And you may know her from her duet with Elton John, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. This was a song she released right before that. And it only made it to number two, 82, gosh, it only made it to number 82, uh, but it's a pretty cool song. And I think she's a really great singer and she has another earlier hit called I Got the Music in Me. I really, I, it's a shame she didn't have more of a success after, especially after getting that bump from being on the song with Elton, because that made it to number one. Up next, we've got a couple of musicians going solo. First is Tom Scott, the saxophone player. Uh, he has played with Steely Dan and many other groups. Uh, this song is called Uptown and Country. And the one that's on Spotify is a live version, but it's just a really great jam. Really funky. Um, and then uh, the song that's next is kind of similar. It's uh, from the group Graham Central Station, which was Larry Graham, the bass player for Sly and the Family Stones solo project. And the song is just simply called The Jam. And it's a lot of fun. And it kind of plays on the motif of when the when the band is performing live and they each get to introduce themselves or the singer introduces them all and that's just pretty funny to listen to um that one made it to number 63 where it is this week up next this one you may know it's strange magic by elo i just picked it because it was a really pretty song and maybe it's one that if you know a little bit about elo maybe you don't know that one but it's at 55 this week and makes it to number 14 eventually next is i do i do i do i do i do by abba and for me, this is a lesser known of theirs, maybe just because it's not on gold, but I think it is in at least one of the Mamma Mia's. So people that came to know them from that movie probably know it better than I do. Uh, it's at number 41 this week, just missing the top 40, but it will eventually make it to number 15. Up next is a great song called Love is the Drug by Roxy Music, and it's at number 30 this week, and that's unfortunately where it will peak because it's just really rocks really hard, really cool, just an interesting song. I mean, that's what, they're, that's what they were known for. Just doing something a little bit different. That's what That was the glam rock that I mentioned in the intro. Well, and I guess the next one is Sweet. Uh, this is their song, Action. And the first time I heard this, believe it or not, was on The Best Show. And I was listening to this like, why does this sound so familiar? And it turns out it was Sweet. And they're at number 26 this week and we make it to number 20. And the last song from our 76 chart I want to highlight is a theme from SWAT by the group Rhythm Heritage. And that was... The, uh, a cop show in the 70s, SWAT, and it stands for, and Casey even defined it in the show, it's Special Weapons and Tactics. And I own the LP that this song is on, and I bought it just because it has this amazing uh, disco-style pump shoe sandal on it with a rainbow sock. I just truly bought it for the cover, but the song is really, really good. And I mentioned that a couple weeks ago I was sick, and then, but then so then this week was less. It's it's very pre-taped call-in show. But I knew I was feeling better, because when that song came on, I was just dancing it out in the kitchen so I felt good that I was well enough to dance to that song and that song at this week is number 24 but it was a number one hit and instrumental number ones are kind of always like a little trivia of how many instrumentals have there been or you know it's definitely they've gone many much less since the 70s now on to the 80s 
we have a chart from March 19th of 1983. At number 100 is the clapping song by Pia Zadora. Now for myself and maybe other 80s kids, I kind of only knew her as just a punchline or someone no talent, just got made fun of a lot. But this is not a bad song. She does a good job singing on it. And the story behind Pia Zadora was she was this child actress and just kind of really wanted to be an entertainer, hung around in the entertainment business. She married this wealthy man who was a lot older than her, and the story goes essentially that he bought her a Golden Globe, that she had won a Golden Globe for a movie she was in called The Butterfly. And like I say, it just turned her into a punchline. I apparently, like Johnny Carson, used to give it to her pretty bad, and uh, she kind of just persevered in music and ma made some albums. She was nominated for a Grammy, and she had this Las Vegas review in the 2000s and 2010s. Just really interesting to read up on her. She was in, as a child, uh, she was in Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, which is an MST3K movie. And I think they probably got some good zings on her in that one, too, if I know my MST3K. That clapping song was Pia Zadora's only top 40 hit and made it to number 36. So now we have um, Wall of Voodoo's Mexican Radio. It's at number 90 this week. It will go on to get to number 58. And I wanted to take a short moment to talk about One Hit Wonders. I had a poll on my Twitter last week. What decade was your favorite for One Hit Wonders? And 80s won like very handily. And it led to some interesting discussions. There's really lots of different ways that metrics that people use to describe a One Hit Wonder. Some people say it's if you've only literally had one top 40 hit on the Billboard Hot 100, you know, the Billboard Pop charts. I'm sorry to the person that replied to me about toadies, but the rock charts don't count for the purposes of that. Uh, but like, there's diff some people say uh, if it's never been in the, they've had a top 10 hit and then never, never reached the top 10 again. Uh, there's a, apparently in the UK, it's if you ever made it to the number one spot only once. So depending on what your rules are. But it's just interesting to think about, and, you know, I, 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 some people see it as a put-down. Um, you know, if you have somebody that has a really very, a successful career that just they don't have a lot of, they're not a singles artist, or for whatever reason, they maybe had one single that did really well, but they're like a legend apart from that. If you call them a one-hit wonder, it's like, well, technically, according to some certain metric, but it shouldn't be seen as an insult, I don't think, at all, because how many hits do most of us have? Not even one. So like, like I say, while of Voodoo, they only made it to number 58. By some people's metric, that wouldn't be counting because they didn't hit that, ever crack the top 40. But it's a well-known song that that's got to count. Next is Don't Tell Me You Love Me by the group Night Ranger. And I have to say this was mainly included because I really first got to know this song from the Metalliska compilation. It was performed by Indiana ska group Johnny Sacco. So that's not on Spotify, sadly, but I did find it on YouTube. But that, that, their cover version made me like the original. Next is Al Jarreau's song Mornin', which I really like a lot. There's not a lot to say about it. Just go listen to it. Al Jarreau seemed just like a man that was full of joy, and it really came across in his singing. And he just really, it's a great, you know, if you're having a bad morning, maybe you put that on, it makes you feel a little better. He says good morning to his Cheerios. How do you not love that? Up next is a song Only You by the group, it's called Yazoo in the UK, where they were from but it was known as Yaz in North America. And I looked this up and it was due to there was a blues label and a rock band in the States already called Yazoo, so they went by Yaz. And the group is composed of Allison, singer Allison Moyer and Vince Clark, who had been in Depeche Mode, and then he was in Yazoo, and then after that he was in Eurasure. So he really has a great legacy of pop, British pop music. Only You, I first knew that song from the movie Can't Hardly Wait. It's used in a really important climactic scene towards the end. 
It's at number 67 this week, and that's as far as it'll go. Up next is I'm Alive by Neil Diamond, and this was Neil's last top 40 pop hit. It was at number 63 this week. It would go on to hit number 35. Next is Love My Way by the Psychedelic Furs, and uh, take a shot, but this is from, I know it from Grand Theft Auto Vice City soundtrack. It also, unfortunately, didn't make it into the top 40. It stalled out at number 44. Next is On the Loose by the Canadian rock band Saga, and I had never heard of these guys till they popped up on the charts one time, and to me it's just really funny to think of a Canadian band being called Saga because the announcers up there would call them Saga. Don't, again, don't, don't know why this was not played on my local classic rock station growing up. It's a lot of fun. I think the video is great too. Up next is Your Love is Driving Me Crazy by Sammy Hagar. It's at number 34 this week, down from its peak at number 13. This song is memorably used in an SNL sketch when Tom Brady hosted. He played a relative of Amy Poehler's character, Caitlin, that was getting married, and he was reciting some lyrics from this song as his vows, which really cracked me up. And then predictably, if you search for that sketch, it's people on like a Van Halen message board getting excited and talking about it. Next, we have Twilight Zone by the group Golden Earring, who you may know from their 70s hit Radar Love. Uh, Golden Earring were a Dutch band, and they only made a little bit of a splash in the States, but I think they were much more successful in their home country. Twilight Zone made it to number 10, which is three spots higher than Radar Love back in 74. And our final song is All Right by Christopher Cross, and that is off the one with the big flamingo. Just a really good song to when you're feeling down, you put on all right. He says, all right, I think we're going to make it. He might feel a little better. And I actually have a hat that Jeff Owens of Tasteful Shreds or My Metal Hand made. And it's not available in his store anymore, unfortunately. So I don't know if he got a cease and desist or what, but I really love that hat because it's got a flamingo on it, of course. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel, for that chart chat segment. Uh, always appreciate it. Love that segment. Thank you so, so much. I was thinking about that Yaz album, Upstairs at Eric's. I, I had it uh, on cassette, and I remember listening to it at least a handful of times from front to back, and I re- was really enjoying it. I was driving around, I remember, as a younger person listening to it. The album came out in the early 80s. I didn't discover it until, until the, the 90s, but um, I thought Alison Moyes was a man. I honestly did. I didn't know her name. <laughs> If I'd read the, you know, if I'd read the liner notes on the tape, I would have seen it's Alison Moyet. But, uh, but yeah, she's got this. Uh, I looked it up. It's a contralto. That's her the the style of a uh, her voice. It's kind of like this deep, rich voice. It's beautiful. But uh, but if you didn't know better and your eyes were closed, <laughs> you think you think it was you think it might be a fella. You could hear it that way. But as soon as you know it's a woman, you're like listening. Like oh yeah, of course it's a woman. <laughs> Silly me. Anyway, uh, wonderful, wonderful segment. Thank you, Rachel. Hope you folks enjoyed the show. I uh, hope you have a great week. And uh, and uh, this has been episode 221 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel Hathaway, a.k.a. Rachel from Des Moines. Uh, Thank you for Rachel's chart chat. We love you. Peace.